Welcome back to our study of the Beatitudes. We are looking today at the seventh Beatitude that's found in Matthew 5, verse 9, where Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And there are eight Beatitudes, and we're on the seventh, which means we have one more session after this one, and then we'll move on to a slightly different study, Lord willing. Um, we'll talk about the Lord's Prayer. We'll go line by line through the Lord's Prayer, which is found in Matthew chapter 6. But for today, we are focusing on this seventh of the eight Beatitudes about peacemakers. Now, why does Jesus say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God? Well, um, first let's start with what it means to be a peacemaker. Who are the peacemakers and what does it mean to make peace? Well, there are two levels at which we can make peace. And making peace, of course, has to do with reconciling people who would otherwise be in conflict, right? And so there are two levels at which we can make peace. Um, peace can be made between God and man. We can call that vertical peacemaking. And peace can be made between man and man. We can call that horizontal peacemaking. And both of these are things that the Bible talks about, right? About um, peace being made between God and man and peace being made between man and man. Both of these are results of the gospel, right? So the way that we um, have peace with God is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. When we trust in Christ, we are reconciled to God. We're no longer his enemies because of our sin and our rebellion, but we are made his children and uh, we are reconciled to him. And then through the gospel, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are also reconciled to other Christians. So there is now um, a unity among Jews and Gentiles and slave and free and male and female and all the rest, all the ways that we used to be divided, we have now been reconciled and made one body. Now that doesn't mean that uh, there aren't still conflicts between believers, not saying that, but there is a basic level unity, a basic level reconciliation that um, has happened that we should also act out, right, because of the gospel. We should treat each other as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We should love one another, right, because we have been made one body in Christ. Now, how can we be peacemakers? Can we be involved in peacemaking between God and man? Um, our sort of knee-jerk reaction might be no, because we know only God can reconcile us to himself. And yet the Bible also says that there is a sense in which we have a role to play in bringing about peace between God and men. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20. Some of this, I think, will be familiar to you. He says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, God has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And he explains that. That is... 
in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So what made us at odds with God was our trespasses, our sins, but God has reconciled us to himself by removing those trespasses through Christ and more specifically through his death, right? So um, God was in Christ, uh, excuse me, uh, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So Paul there is acting as a peacemaker. Paul has been reconciled to God through the death of Christ. His sins have been forgiven. Right? He's been made new. He's been reconciled to God. And now God has entrusted to him the message of reconciliation, that God has sent his son into the world to die in the place of sinners and rise again for their salvation, so that if you will turn from your sin, if you'll lay down your rebellion, and you'll trust in Jesus, then you can be reconciled to God as well. And that is an act of peacemaking. That is Paul's part uh, in uh, seeing God reconciled to man. Paul is not accomplishing the reconciliation, but he is delivering the message of reconciliation, the invitation to reconciliation, and that is an act of peacemaking. Paul is involved, he, peace has been made between him and God, and now he's seeking to bring others into a relationship of peace with God by preaching Christ, who um, purchased that peace through his death and resurrection. So we can be involved in seeing God reconciled to man, not by you know, bringing it about ourselves, but by sharing the gospel, by making the message of reconciliation known to those who are currently estranged from God, those who are lost, those who are not in fellowship with God, not children of God. As we make known the gospel, right, we are seeking to bring about peace between God and men. Right, so we can be involved in seeing uh, peace between man and God. And uh, what about peace between man and man? Uh, this is probably what we m mainly think about when we think about peacemaking. Who, what does a peacemaker do? Uh, a peacemaker brings about peace, brings about reconciliation, between man and man, between two people, or, or more people, or even groups of people, perhaps. Um, and this is something the Bible talks about as well, right? Um, in Matthew 18, a passage we uh, rightly associate with church discipline, right? Um, when we think about it in terms of church discipline, we might think that it has to do with punishment, or it has to do with, you know, making people pay for what they did. That's not what it is about. Uh, it's actually about reconciliation, right? Now, there are consequences for people who don't repent of their sin, don't respond well to this process, but listen to how this process starts. In Matthew 18, 15, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. That is peacemaking. Right? Your brother has sinned against you, and it has, his sin against you has 
created a, a breach in your fellowship. There is no longer peace, or at least not as much peace uh, as there was before. And so, what are you going to do? Well, you could do things that make that breach worse, right? You could respond to his sin against you by sinning against him and compounding the sin and compounding the breach. That's not peacemaking, right? But what Jesus says you ought to do is you ought to go to your brother and tell him his fault. And then if he listens to you, meaning if he hears you out and says, you're right, I was wrong, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Or something to that effect, then you have made peace. The way Jesus says it here is you have gained your brother. You are now reconciled to your brother. Your, your fellowship has now been restored. And so peacemaking, right, is something that we should be involved in. Here's another example. In Philippians chapter 2, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, Paul says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. So these are two specific people in the church at Philippi, and apparently they don't agree, and Paul is pleading with them to get back on the same page. Right? And then he says, Yes, I also ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So these are two Christian ladies, right? Their names are in the book of life. They're two Christian ladies. They are um, people who have worked alongside Paul. So they're involved in ministry. They're committed to the gospel. They're apparently godly, faithful Christian women, but something has gotten uh, crossways between the two of them. There's some kind of breach. There's some kind of disunity. And Paul wants to see them unified again. He wants to see, in a sense, peace restored between them. Right? There's some, something that's not quite right, and he wants full harmony. Right? He wants a, a, a full peace. Right? Not just, you know, you stay over there and I stay over here and we don't fight with each other, but a, uh, a positive peace right, between these two. And so he appeals to his companion and says, you know, help them. Help them get back on the same page. Help them be reconciled. Be a peacemaker, in other words. And so in, in both of these ways, in uh, sharing the gospel of reconciliation, and by helping deal with conflicts uh, between individuals, sometimes it, you'll be part of the conflict. Uh, sometimes it'll be other people that you're seeking to help. Either way, when we uh, seek to heal these breaches, whether it's by inviting a lost person to trust Christ and be reconciled to God, or whether it's by talking to somebody who's sinned against us so we can work out the difference and get things right, or whether it's helping a couple other people who are having some kind of uh, conflict, some kind of problem, and, and uh, sort of mediating for them and helping them to get back on the right page, uh, the same page. Um, all of these are ways that we can be peacemakers. And I, I think we can say, because uh, we know that this, we've said over and over and over, this whole description of uh, the Beatitudes, right, that it's talking about one kind of person, and that there is a certain progression, um, uh, at least at the beginning, and there's a, there's a sense in which all of these things hang together. Um, I think we can say also that 
um, what makes us peacemakers is the fact that God has made peace with us. Um, because God has reconciled us to himself, and we see that in the passage uh, that we read from 2 Corinthians 5 earlier with Paul, uh, because God has reconciled us to himself, now we want to see other people reconciled to God and reconciled to one another. So this is flowing out of um, what God has already done for us. Uh, kind of like what we talked about with uh, mercy. The reason that we extend mercy, the reason we've become merciful, is because of the mercy that God has shown to us. Um, another thing we can say about why we are peacemakers is because we have, we've uh, bowed our knee and, and put our trust in the Prince of Peace. Uh, Jesus is the uh, ultimate peacemaker, right? He's the one who gave his life to bring peace between us and God. Uh, so uh, we follow the peacemaker, and so uh, we, we're going to want to make peace as well. Now, what about the second half? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What does that mean? Why does he say that? Well, the idea here is that to be called a son of God means that um, it'll be acknowledged or confessed that we are like God in the sense that we do what God does, that we are imitators of God, like Paul calls us to be in Ephesians 5.1. To say that we are sons of God means that there's a certain resemblance between God and us. Right? This is how Jesus says it in Matthew 5.44 uh, and 45. So this is just later in this same chapter. Jesus says he's about something a little bit different, but the principle is this here is the same. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So if you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, you will be sons of your Father in heaven. Why will you be sons of your Father in heaven if you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? For, because, Jesus explains, he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. I think we've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating here, right? That what Jesus is saying is, you will be sons of your father if you act like your father. Your father shows love even to those who hate him. So if you show love even to those who are your enemies, you will be sons of your father in heaven. You will be imitators of God. You, uh, like we talked about, like father, like son. You will be, uh, you know, the apple that didn't fall too far from the tree. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So if we are peacemakers, right, we are blessed because, he says, we will be called sons of God. It will be confessed, it will be acknowledged, it will be proclaimed. Those are God's children. Those are God's sons. And the way you can tell is not, obviously not perfectly, as we've said over and over and over, but in some sense, we will bear a resemblance to our Father, we will be like him, like he's merciful, we are merciful. Like he has made peace and makes peace, we have become peacemakers as well. God, of course, is the ultimate peacemaker. And those who seek to make peace the way God makes peace prove themselves to be his sons. Now, um, I hope you'll join me next time for the last of the Beatitudes the final beatitude, and then, as I mentioned, Lord willing, uh, we will move into a line-by-line -line study of that 
beautiful, brief prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. God bless. Hope to see you next time.